went walking that ribbon of highway, I saw above me that endless skyway. I saw below me that golden valley. This land was made for you and me. This land is your land. This land is my land. From California to the New York Islands. From the Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters. This land was made for you and me. I roamed and rambled. I followed my footsteps from the sparkling sands of your diamond desert and all around me a voice was sounding this land was made for you and me this land is your land this land is my land from california to the new york island from the river the sun comes shining, then I was strolling, the wheat fields waving, the dust clouds rolling, a voice was chanting as the fog was lifting, this land was made for you and me. This land is your land, this land is my land, from California. Sanders and 30 Vermont artists singing This Land is Your Land. Welcome to the first episode of Upward. Today's general topic is climate change. I feel like most people have a pretty basic understanding of what climate change is, but I was struggling to define it on my own. So I used NASA for some help. According to NASA, climate change describes a change in the average conditions, such as temperature and rainfall, in a region over a long period of time. This includes things like warming temperatures, changes in precipitation, as well as the effects of Earth's warming, such as rising sea levels. Climate change has not always been a political issue, but in the last couple decades, major politicians have rejected its existence. I think some interesting stats to note are that 90% of Democrats want more from their government to reduce the effects of climate change, whereas only about 40% of Republicans do. However, if you look at Republicans who are millennials or younger, that number jumps to 52. Although it is now treated as a partisan issue, 77% of U.S. adults agree we should be developing alternate energy sources instead of expanding fossil fuel usage 
and 62% of Americans are aware and acknowledge that climate change is having a direct impact on their local community. There are loads of different organizations around the world working to push climate reform. Some are working at very local levels, others are working at very national levels, but are all working towards one goal, which is to get actual changes implemented to stop such an urgent issue. One example of a very popular organization in the United States is the Sunrise Movement, uh, originally started in 2015 by Sarah Blazevic and Varshini Prakash. It became a 501c4 in 2017, allowing it to be a social welfare group um, which can engage in advocacy and lobbying. The leaders of the Sunrise Movement were trained by uh, Momentum, which is an organization that teaches community organizing and sort of trying to be a source of future grassroots movement leaders. Part of the training they do at Momentum includes learning chants or songs for people to sing and lead crowds in at different protests or situations like sit-ins, for example. And on the internet, there's loads of different documents filled with chants for very general scenarios or very specific scenarios. Really, there's loads. Many of these are just short courses that can be sung, very simple, catchy, and easy to remember. Momentum actually wrote one of the songs that I found as an original chant to be used, and it is one that Sunrise Movement protests are often found singing. We gonna rise up, rise up till it's one. We gonna rise up, rise up till it's one. When the people rise up, the powers come down. When the people rise up, the powers come down They try to stop us But we keep coming back They try to stop us But we keep coming back We gonna rise up Rise up till it's one We gonna rise up Rise up till it's one When the people rise up the powers come down when the people rise up. The powers come down. They try to stop us, but we keep coming back. They try to stop us, but we keep coming back. We gonna rise up, rise up till it's one. We gonna rise up. Rise up till it's one when the people rise up. The powers come down when the people rise up. The powers come down. They try to stop us, but we keep coming back. They try to stop us, but we keep coming back. They try to stop us, but we keep coming back. In Sunrise Movement's own words, they are building an army of young people to make climate change an urgent priority across America and the corruption influence of fossil fuel executives on politics and elect leaders who stand up for the health and well-being of all people. One of the most powerful instances of the Sunrise Movement using song 
was in 2014 when they occupied Nancy Pelosi's office and sung a song called Does It Weigh On You. The song uses the classic tune of Which Side Are You On, written by Florence Reese in 1931 and originally made for minor strikes, um, which is actually something I plan to discuss in a later episode, so stay tuned. some experience attending climate strikes i thought it would be good to talk to someone who has more experience organizing them so today i'm going to introduce you to uh my show's intern uh pada schaffner so say hello pada hello um i am pada schaffner intern 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 extraordinaire nice okay so Pada, first of all, can you tell us what your involvement with the Fridays for Future movement is? Um, well, throughout my senior year of high school, I um, organized students at my school uh, to go to climate strikes. Um, basically, just your standard climate strike procedure, you know, leaving uh, in the middle of sixth or seventh period to to go downtown and meet with people from schools all, from all across the city 
and strike for climate justice. How did you get into that, if I can ask that? Um, it was a really unofficial process, actually. I was um, just kind of hanging out in the library after school one day, and I was talking to a friend of mine, and I was like, hey, this, this is this kind of cool thing that these other kids are doing, um, like, throughout New York City. I haven't heard anyone talking about this at our school. We should probably get on that. And she was like, yeah, you should. We'll start organizing it. And then we just started organizing it. And then some other students who went to my school in a different grade contacted me and they said, hey, I, I heard you're working on this. I'm actually a representative with Fridays for Future. And so from then on, I started working in conjunction with Fridays for Future just at my school. So really kind of unofficial, but uh, yeah, nice entry into the FFF movement. So could you explain to me, just because I feel like people might be interested in this, how does FFF work um, structurally as an organization? Like, does it go Greta Thunberg and then you and your friends? Or does it go, you know, like, what are the branches of the organization? How does it work? Um, well, I really only had um, experience with the uh, New York chapter of Fridays for Future. So I'm not sure if Greta Thunberg has a really, like, top-down role. Um, some traffic. Um, yeah, I don't know if she's, like, I don't think she's the CEO of Triple uh, F or anything. Um, but, and I'm, I'm sure this is different in, like, every city around the world, but at in New York City, um, it was really uh, groups of representatives from schools, uh, public and private, all across the city, coming together and kind of organizing the events in, well, I want to say, a kind of democratic way. Um, it wasn't like there was one executive. It was representatives from all over the place. And people, all kinds of people contributed. Um, I mean, at my school, we had students um, uh, working in the art room after school, uh, making posters or volunteering to do uh, social media uh, design or outreach. So I wouldn't say there was much of a top-down structure, but there was student organization and student participation just at every level, which was nice. I did attend some of those art drawing occasions, poster making events, and they were fun. As is being too humble, she was actually uh, the art director for our uh, our school's chapter of Fridays for Future. It's literally the only thing I ever did was organize that one thing and then just make sure people had posters. You are your own worst critic. Okay, well, anyways, <laughs> moving on. Um, so when you actually went to these marches that you organized, what did you find the general experience was like? Did you, did you find there was a lot of people? Did you find it overwhelming? Did you find it... And also, what was your role, I guess, at attending these? Um, well, it was always a, an amazing experience going to a climate strike. Um, 
my role as an organizer um, kind of stopped when we got to the um, the masses that were attending the protest because everybody kind of just blends into the crowd. So my role was really organizing my students and getting my students to the protest. And from there, we all just, you know, became part of the movement. But yeah, it was just amazing to to be with tens or hundreds of thousands of peers who who recognized that uh, this existential threat to humanity um, was way more important than, you know, their math class or whatever. Did you find people were choosing math classes over <laughs> climate strikes? Um, I mean, there were loads of people who, um, for whatever reason, uh, couldn't make it but still contributed um, or just couldn't risk missing a class because they had a test or something. But um, for the most part, even if people couldn't make it, everyone was really supportive of the movement and our organization. All right. Well, as this show is meant to talk about the role music has in these sort of movements, would you mind telling us a bit about the events you've been to and the music that was represented there or any different stories about music really um well i think the the first climate strike that we attended um it started in columbus circle which is midtown manhattan and we walked uptown along central park and eventually we gathered on the steps of the American Museum of Natural History. And um, we stayed there for, I don't know how long. I mean, it might have been a few hours chanting, kind of showing our signs and kind of displaying what, what we had to say to the people there and moments the media there. Moments of silence, there. too. There were moments of silence as well, yeah. But one moment that really stood out was I think some kid had like a speaker in their backpack and they just took it out and some other kid had a, a megaphone and with their powers combined um, with the, the speaker playing into the megaphone um, they started playing uh, Imagine, uh, John Lennon's Imagine and it's a song that everyone knows and I think everyone kind of resonates with and it was just so fitting that everyone all these thousands of people in the crowd just started like singing Imagine together and it was just a really beautiful moment.
I find that song is played a lot at different protest movements or climate strikes, but I also find that when I listen to it in a crowd of people, it's always much more moving than when I'm like listening to it on its own or like the COVID cover done by celebrities. Mm-hmm. Like in situations of protest, I find that those songs sung in like collective voices are really where they're most powerful. Yeah, I mean, it's a song that talks about a vision for a a better future, a better world, or a better present even. And knowing that loads of other people share that vision is amazing. And I think one other song that has a similar effect, that is a staple at climate protests, is um, This Land Is Your Land. Um, which I believe is uh, Woody Guthrie. Um, which also done by Bernie Sanders and mm-hmm. the Vermont Collective. Also. Uh, Wonderful yes. cover. Um, but yeah, I mean, this this song has been in, in protest since, I mean, the song was made. So it's, you you can't miss it. And the... The environmentalist message of the song is just perfect. For this land is your land, and this land is my land. From California to the New York Island, from the redwood forest to the Gulf Stream waters, this land was made for you and me. I went a-walking that ribbon of highway And I saw above me that endless skyway I saw below me 
that golden valley This land was made for you and me footsteps the sparkling sands of her diamond deserts all around me a voice was a sounding this land was made for you and me there was a big high wall there that tried to stop me the sign was painted said private property but on the back side it didn't say nothing this land was made for you and me when the sun comes shining then i was strolling and the wheat fields waving and the dust clouds rolling a voice was chanting as the fog was lifting this land was made for you and me this land is your land and this land is my land California to the New York Island and Redwood Forest to the Gulf Stream waters this land was made for you and me and I feel like like you're saying because it has been used for so many years and because you know the history connected to it that also adds a level of depth to these songs when sung in specific contexts like protest. It's just one of the quintessential resistance songs. Okay, well, the last question I have is, do you plan on being involved in more climate events in the future now that you're in college at GW? <laughs> well, I really hope to. Um... Before I graduated, we were planning um, strikes in in March and April, and April was going to be uh, the biggest one we'd seen yet. Um, it's going to be like an Earth Day special. Uh, but then COVID nineteen hit, and protests like that no longer became feasible. There was a really nice online climate strike that happened um where i mean people from across the globe showed their signs online and there, there was, was the earth day event yeah there was a live earth day event um which i think attracted over a million live viewers um but it's i think always just more powerful to have you know a million people in the streets than watching a live stream, not to diminish the the uh, <laughs> benefits of that event. Um, but, I mean, fingers crossed, we'll, we'll be able to get involved with the climate movement more in the near future. And do you think that music will pay, play a part in those future protests and also maybe for you personally do you think that 
as you continue to hopefully organize these events that the importance of song is going to be something you keep in mind? Uh, definitely, 100%. I, I don't think there are any um, successful movements that have gone without um, any form of art um, and music in particular is, is so important to uh, protest movements and so important to the climate movement. Um, so yes, definitely. <laughs> I, I do see a, a future for uh, music and the climate strike movement. Before you came on, I did talk about other organizations like Sunrise Movement. I plan on talking a little bit about Extinction Rebellion, um, working with FFF and just your experience at these climate strikes. What if your interactions or what is your no general knowledge of these other organizations like? Well, I have been involved in the climate movement before I was involved with FFF because my parents took me to uh, a lot of climate protests when I was fairly young. I think the earliest might have been in 2014 when I was 12. And that was one of the biggest climate protests to date in New York City, um, organized by um, organizations like NRDC and Greenpeace. And I mean, as a kid, Greenpeace was just the most amazing thing to me. I uh, was lucky enough to get a, uh, a tour of one of their ships when I was docked in New York once, um, the Rainbow Warrior, I think. Um, and now it's somewhere in the Arctic protecting whales or something. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. But organizations like Greenpeace and NRDC have been doing amazing work legally and on the activism side for uh, decades. So I've had great experiences with them. And uh, student-led um, organizations like the Sunrise Movement have made massive waves politically in America. The amount of popularity that the Green New Deal has seen recently, I think can be credited to a lot of these student organizations. And I mean, it's it's amazing to see what, or, what uh, the people of Extinction Rebellion do as well, because I mean, they're just putting a whole new spin on activism, completely disrupting day-to-day -day life in order to show that day-to-day -day life just can't go on as is. Um, Very artistic as well. Yeah, Very extremely. Shows. There's so much symbolism that they use, and it's, it's beautiful, and it's harrowing, and it's amazing. Um, so all of these different organizations um, are, are amazing, and they have amazing goals, but they all have different specializations, and they all have different things to bring to the table, which, um, I mean, it, it works really well, I think. Um, and FFF is really important for high school students, I would say, and sort of the student-led organization, or student-led protests, whereas even things like Extinction Rebellion, while it is still largely college students, 
it is also largely trained activists who are leading those movements. Mm-hmm. Little fun fact, I was uh, a volunteer for, I guess you could call it crowd control, um, for the um, crowd that was receiving Greta Thunberg when she landed in America. And um, the the activists that managed that were from a whole, uh, whole load of different organizations. Some were student organizations like FFF, um, but there were plenty of uh, veteran Greenpeace activists there too. Even funner fact, as I got to shake Greta Thunberg's hand at that event, which is one of the coolest things, I think. It's sort of awkward, too, because, like, I'm the same age as her. Mm. So, like, it's like, oh, my God, what a, you're an idol. And then it's like, I put my hand out, and then it just sort of happened. It was it was crazy. But she was just very cute and very nice. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's just one fun little small example of how these new organizations and these old organizations are working in harmony and are really complementing each other. We're also very lucky because we went to high school in New York City, so these sort of events, Mm -hmm. the fact that I was able to get that close to Greta Thunberg, not everyone had an opportunity to do that, but what is cool is these sort of like local grassroots organizations ensuring that there is leadership and representation pretty much everywhere in America allows like everyone to get involved mm-hmm. everyone to show their desire for change so i guess the last question i want to ask you is about your music taste um and so is there any song suggestions that you have songs that make you either feel hopeful or inspired about the future or just, I guess, a general positive outlook? Um, well, I guess one classic that I turn to is uh, Try Your Wings, as performed by Blossom Deary. Um, it's, well, I guess it's more a song about love than anything else, but it's it's a hopeful message about... Um, well, trying your wings, I don't know how else to describe it. It's good. You should listen to it. All right. Well, thank you for being on. I'm sure we'll have you back in the future as you are the intern. Um, but yeah, let's let's give Pot a song a listen. If you've never been in love And you're longing for the happiness it brings Try your wings If you're hungry for the sound Of a lover saying sentimental things Try your wings Even the tiniest bluebird Has to leave its nest 
what a bluebird can do you can do too if you try if you've always had a dream but you've been afraid that it would not come true hither to fall in love and you will find that it's just what you've been dreaming of a first love never comes twice so take this tender advice when it comes try your wings and fly to the one you love if you've always had a dream but you've been afraid that it would not come true hither to fall in love and you will find that it's just what you've been dreaming of a first love never comes twice so take this tender When it comes, try your wings and fly to the one you love. The last organization that I just want to mention, as it's one of my favorites to watch grow, is Extinction Rebellion. It was established in the UK in May 2018 with about 100 academics signing a call to action in support of it in October 2018. Um, Extinction Rebellion uh, isn't as big in the United States. However, at pretty much every protest I've ever been to, I have seen them represented. Um, and they have a lot of songs, uh, a lot more songs, which lyrics are specifically geared towards climate change. And on YouTube, they have loads of clips um, teaching people the lyrics. Um, and I'm just going to play one to end out this episode. It's called People Gonna Rise Like the Water. And I just want to say, as an end note, to me, music at protests allows everyone to feel connected, not only to each other, but to the roots of these movements. And it feels like a constant reminder that what you're fighting for has a history and has power and a weight behind it. So, thanks for listening. All